When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Welcome once again to the Dr. Sky Show, heard nationally on radio stations like this. Ladies and gentlemen, a fantastic guest today as we're going to be speaking with the man himself, Mr. Don LaFontaine, voiceover master. A brief introduction of Mr. LaFontaine. Mr. LaFontaine was born in Duluth, Minnesota, also known as That Announcer Guy. He is a voice actor famous for recording over 5,000 movie trailers, television commercials, network promotions, and video game trailers. His signature voice is both ominous and sonorous. He is often nicknamed the king of movie trailers, Mr. Voice, Thunderthroat, or the Voice of God, and credited with helping to create the modern movie trailer. Many of his voiceovers take the format of in a world where some negative condition, one, usually a person, will do something positive, and he has also parodied this cliché several times. Mr. LaFontaine has been kind enough to join us from his studios in Los Angeles. Good afternoon, Mr. LaFontaine. Good afternoon. How are you? Well, I'm doing fine. Well, it's a real privilege and honor on this program to speak with you. It's my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, sir. In our short time today, if you could just tell us and tell all the listeners, especially the children in this audience that aspire to do projects like yourself and careers like yourself, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started in the well, voiceover. Well, I sort of backed pro- into the business, more or less. I was uh, uh, trained as a recording engineer when I was in the service back in the uh, late late 50s and early 60s. And uh, using that job, I got to work up in New York City. And uh, while I was working there, I was assigned to work with another young man who had himself just gotten out of the service. His name was Floyd Peterson. And his idea was to do radio commercials for movies. And uh, this was like in 1962, 63, in that area. And up until that time, surprisingly enough, movies were advertised in two ways, basically. They were through the, through the theatrical trailer, the previews of coming attractions, and in print ads. There was virtually no radio or television advertising of movies back in those, in those days. Television was, of course, the enemy and viewed movies right. <laughs> much the same way. Uh, so this was a radical idea. And I worked with Floyd on a picture called Dr. Strangelove, uh, which uh, was a big hit. And, uh, and that was sort of our entree into the business and my entree with him. And we found out that we had a sort of a synergistic um, relationship. We got along very, very well. I had some ideas about writing and producing, and, and he liked them. And uh, so I left my recording business, the recording company I was working with, and went to work with him. And we became a two-man operation doing radio spots for movies. This was in the, I went to work with him in January of 1963. Um, and needless to say, the idea took off because within two years we had our own uh, building just up the street on 55th Street in New York City, and about 30 employees. So that, that caught on very quickly. The uh, voiceover stuff happened quite by accident. I was, I was uh, writing and producing radio spots for a number of movies, and I had, I think, six projects that I had to finish uh, overnight. Right. And so I had announcers uh, waiting in the, in the background in the studio to come on and do the work, and one of them didn't show up <laughs> for a picture called Gunfighters of Casa Grande. And, uh, and so I had to present something to Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer the following morning, so I went in and did it myself. And much to my amazement, they bought it with my voice, and that's how it started. Fantastic. And now we're you know, at 40-something years later, and I'm still at it. 
Well, God bless you. And if you're just joining us, ladies and gentlemen, we're speaking to voiceover master Don LaFontaine from his studio and offices in Los Angeles, California, on his career and how you, as a student or a young adult, might want to listen in and pay particular attention on this particular career, a very fascinating career, and we appreciate your time, uh, Don, today. Thank you. I'm just wondering if you can talk about this. Uh, in my opinion, it seems like there's more movies than ever out, and again, I hear your voice, of course, in all locations, and not being able to ever put a face with that name, is it just recently that you've been identified more in the video side? I know. With yeah, this... just recently I got this uh, this spot that I did for uh, for Geico. Right. And uh, and after all those movie trailers, I'm the Geico guy. I'm the heir to the lizard all of a sudden. Um, that just, uh, I was very surprised by that because it was really sort of a lark that that happened. Uh, as I understand it, they were batting around ideas, the people who were doing these commercials, uh, as to who they could enlist to do these spots, the idea being to have sort of a, quote, celebrity endorsement of their product without um, the, uh, the the byproduct of that being, well, well, of course they're endorsing it, they're being paid a lot of money to do it. Sure. Um, the, their idea was to be have the celebrities act as translators of their own, in their own particular ilk of real people talking about their stuff, their, uh, their, their um, experiences with Geico. And uh, one of them said, let's get that guy who does the movies things. And that's how my name came up. And I said, sure. You know, it didn't take me long. It took me just, you know, a couple of hours uh, one afternoon. And when the spot came out, I was absolutely flabbergasted at the reaction to it. Um, I started getting all this <laughs> fan mail and, uh, and people saying, we were wondering where you were and who you were. We've known your voice for years, and now we got a face to put with it. And, uh, so I apologize for the face. And uh, No, not at all. I mean, it's absolutely wonderful to uh, meet you here in this uh, radio interview. But uh, many listeners and many people watching television may recall back on April the 12th of this year, uh, you appeared on an episode, describe that, of The Tonight Show. Yes. Well, actually, it was, there was twice. It was, on, it was the same thing. The same idea was to do, to do the, uh, you know, this person is not an actor. And this was when uh, Haley Scarnato was uh, on the American Idol, and she was, had been, uh, uh, she'd lost, and she was, was being, you know, she had been kicked off the show. And so she was, this was the next day. And uh, she came out to talk about her experiences, and then I came out to translate what she was saying. Um, and it was a comedy sketch, and that worked out very, very well. In fact, I was invited back, uh, I think, about three working days later to do another show on The Tonight Show. So I did uh, two, two Tonight Shows within the space of a week. Don, you probably get this question a lot, but uh, here we go once again. Lots of children and young adults would like to know if they would also like to get involved in this particular business, what do you recommend, and, and how early uh, can they start, and, and what, what should they do if they want to do what Well, you know, you can, you can start at any time. There are many children doing commercials, obviously, because they have there's a call for, for kids' voices. Um, I would recommend that anybody interested in doing this uh, begin by reading a lot and reading aloud to themselves and reading into a recording device so they can start hearing uh, to get, start getting used to how their voices sound, because the first time someone hears their voice recorded, it's always a surprise, because it's not what they hear ringing in their head. It's a different thing entirely. Exactly. Um, and so they should get used to that first, and then you know, the more they read and the more they record what they're reading, the more at home they'll feel behind a microphone, and the more tricks they will literally stumble over. They will find more ways of, of, of reading things and, and how to inflect things and how to make things really work. Um, just by doing the reading over and over and over again. Um, the best voice actors that I know of have a sort of a special relationship with words. They understand the music of our language. They understand the the proper weight to put on words in the proper places and, and, and where to put a 
voices, and, and um, it truly is voice acting. And that's why I call myself a voice actor. It's I've I've always associated it with sort of acting for the blind. You're painting a a picture in sound uh, for a person that that they use their mind to then amplify if they're only listening. So it's uh, it's important that they read and read a lot. Don't uh, you know? <laughs> you can't do this business watching television. You have to become a participant. You have to you have to read. Absolutely, and I see on your website, and I'd like everybody to know that to learn more about our special guest, uh, Don LaFontaine, voiceover master, simply go to www.donlafontaine.com. And, Don, I'm looking at that very special area right now, which is called Ask Don. Yes. And you go into some more specifics, if you don't mind, uh, just a couple of other questions about how to get started in the business. You refer to a book called Secrets of Voiceover Success. If you describe that a little bit. Yes, that's a book that was compiled uh, and, and put together by a, a, a woman named uh, Joan Baker, who lives in New York, works out in New York, and she herself is an accomplished voiceover actress. And um, and she sent a series of questions to about a dozen of us who work in the field, um, all the same questions, and she got back, of course, individual answers from all of us, and they covered uh, a wide range of of uh, the business and how to get into it and, and our experiences in it and how to record a demo and how to find an agent and, and how to deal with clients and all of that. And uh, I recommend the thing highly because the voice acting is a very subjective business. It's, I, don't, I don't sincerely believe it can be taught much beyond uh, a certain point. I think most of it is instinctual. I think the best voice actors are people who just have, as I said before, this relationship with words. And so Secrets of Voiceover Success is that kind of a book, as is uh, James Allberger's uh, The Art of Voice Acting, uh, that gives you a, a wealth of material from which you can select that which really appeals to you and you identify with. And uh, I find I think that's one of the best um, ways of going about getting into the business. Our special guest today on the Dr. Sky Show is voiceover master Don LaFontaine, who's speaking to us from his studio in Los Angeles, California. Don, I'm just curious, you know this better than anyone that I could ask this question to. Our listeners would probably want to know, how competitive is this business in, in today's world? Uh, it's very busy. It's very competitive. There are a lot of people who want to be in this business and to work in this business. But it's, uh, I must tell you, it's much like any other acting business. Uh, as, as a voice actor, I'm a member of, of the SAG and after the Screen Actors Guild and the American Federation of Television and Radio Artists. And uh, as it is in, in that trade, uh, it's the same in voiceover. There's about 5% of us uh, in the business who do 95% of the work. And the remaining 95% of the actors are doing the whatever 5% is left over. That's the way the equation always has been and probably always will be. And uh, and for the most part, no one really objects to that because everybody, of course, wants to be part of that 5%. It is a highly competitive area because the profile of, adver of uh, voiceover has gotten so high in recent years and because the use of voiceover has gotten so uh, expanded by by blogs, network blogs, and, and the Internet, and uh, 5,000 channels on the television. And, and as you said earlier, the number of movies seem to be, uh, be growing each year. So um, it's a very popular and lucrative field to get into. So, yes, it's highly competitive. Well, Don, this is a question that's, of course, on your website. But, again, uh, hearing your answer is always better than reading it. Uh, the question is basically, what can I do to improve my voice? Give us some basic tips uh, for people of all ages. Well, again, reading is really very, very important, and that's the best way of improving it. People get so hung up on their instrument and trying to improve it and trying to make themselves sound sonorous and rich and all that. Um, and uh, they waste a lot of time doing that because 
the more you work at it, the more you try to force your voice into a certain category, the phonier it's going to sound. People should relax and let their voice be their voice. It is only a tool. It's not the quality of the voice. It is the quality of the read that makes a big difference. And I think we can all learn something from yourself on this. You're absolutely right. We see so many people trying to aspire to sound like, what, a DJ voice? Yeah. When that may not be their voice at all. No. That's, that's, and it sounds phony. And you don't want to sound phony. The, whole, the, the key to being successful in this industry, one of the major keys, is veracity. Is the sense of honesty about what you're reading. And if you're, if you're faking your voice, I don't care how honest you're trying to be, it's not mm-hmm. going to sound right. Uh, so uh, my first advice to anybody is to forget your voice. Forget it. I mean, don't, don't abuse it. Don't smoke and don't drink to excess and don't go out places where you're yelling and screaming uh, so that, you, that it's hoarse and it's not working for you properly. But accept your voice for what it is. There's, there is work and, and uh, a market for every voice. Accept your voice for what it is. Concentrate on your reading. Concentrate on your ability to interpret a, uh, a script uh, because that's really where the, the money notes are. Don, just a few other questions while sure. we have you today, and this is very important. Give us a typical description of your day. I imagine it's very busy with all the requests that you get. Uh, I understand, if I'm correct, that you also have the electronic ISDN capability that you can do this pretty much from anywhere. But yes, actually, I'm, I'm, uh-huh. I'm speaking to you from my, my studio, which is uh, in the lower level of my home in Los Angeles. And uh, I do have ISDN, which is, of course, the digital phone lines, which allows me to connect from my home studio to virtually any other studio with like equipment in the world. And I've worked from my home here to, uh, obviously, to the studios around Los Angeles, but also to New York. I've worked to, uh, to Amsterdam, to Australia, to England, to Germany. And uh, it's, it's the same as my being there. It's just a matter of a time differential that we have to deal with. Oh, that's fascinating. So, yeah, that's really important, and I think that's the, the leading edge of what's going on now with voiceover. And it's a good thing because what it does, if you have this kind of technology, is it allows people uh, who may have a wonderful talent but are restricted by location uh, to enter into the, into the main arena. People who are living in smaller towns or, or, or you know, away from Los Angeles or New York or Chicago or any other center of advertising uh, with ISDN technology can now enter that competition and work from their homes as if they were sitting in the, in the big cities and the big studios. Don, we look at this for basically the children of this audience. Uh, uh-huh. what, do you, what do you recommend for them if they really want to get started in this career? I know you've given us some great tips throughout this brief interview today, but speaking directly to them, what would you say to them? I would say, number one, is, <laughs> as, as every adult will say to you, stay in school, obviously. You know, some of you might be very young, uh, but many of you are probably teenagers and, uh, and, and understand that... that uh, it's no longer a high school diploma that can get you a job. But when, I, when I was a kid, that was the story. Nowadays, a high school diploma, maybe you can become a shepherd. Uh, you, have to, <laughs> you, have to, um, you have to stay in school and learn as much as you can. I, I think that the one thing that I keep harping on, I keep coming back to, is please understand and, and have a deep appreciation for our language. It is a, a beautiful, flexible tool. And uh, even if you don't become successful uh, as a voiceover person, you will certainly win more interviews and more arguments if you understand our language and, and don't rely on conversational crutches like, 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 and, and oh, my God, and, mm-hmm. and I mean, and I mean, and I mean, things sure. like that. Um, to, to, uh, to perfect your ability to speak is really very important, and it will hold you in good stead no matter what you're doing especially if you want to go into the field of voiceover. Voiceover is uh, something that um, 
you know, I would recommend singing lessons. That helps strengthen the voice. I would recommend acting lessons, of course, because that, of course, strengthens your ability to interpret uh, whatever you're reading. Uh, but if you don't have a real deep appreciation for the language, uh, really don't bother. Well, Don, the final question I have, we always uh, let the guest, of course, have the last word. But in this particular case, describe to us some of the exciting things that you'll be involved in in the near future. Many people, of course, can read more about your bio and all about you at www.donlafontaine.com. Well, on a day-to-day basis, I work for the, for the networks. I work for Fox. I work for, for uh, CBS and NBC and uh, a number of other affiliates. I also do um, the uh, America's Most Wanted show on a regular basis. And uh, I work on a lot of films. What I've been working on recently, actually for the last year or so, has been the Simpsons movie. That's been a huge project. Absolutely. And Ratatouille. I've been doing a lot of uh, of the cartoons recently for some reason. Uh, it goes in waves and it changes, so it, there's really no predictability as to where I'm going to be going next. Uh, but it's always an adventure, and I certainly enjoy I mean, I love what I do, and that's really the important thing, I think, is that I get up each day and, and really uh, look forward to coming down here and, and uh, doing whatever I'm called upon to do. And I wish anybody that's listening uh, the opportunity to uh, come and do this themselves and hope that they can have that kind of a success because it's a, it's a great living. Well, Don, it's a privilege and honor to speak with you, and I'm sure all of our listeners are enjoying this immensely. Uh, certainly uh, when they go to the movies, uh, that voice now, folks, you can actually put together the equation. You see Don LaFontaine on various commercials, more in the video side of the world, but of course the true voiceover master, Don LaFontaine, who spent time with us today that I appreciate from his studio. Learn more about Don LaFontaine at www.donlafontaine.com. Thank you so much, Don LaFontaine.